What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...in first-rate company order, and setting out a collection of cooling refreshments, wine, fruit, cakes, on the dining-room sideboard. Then she had to dress in her freshest and fairest attire of white muslin, the perfect fineness of the day, and the solemnity of the occasion warranted, and even exacted, such costume. Her new sash, a birthday present from Margaret Hall, which she had reason to believe Cyril himself had bought, and in return for which she had indeed given him a set of cambric bands in a handsome case, was tied by the dexterous fingers of Fanny who took no little pleasure in arraying her fair young mistress for the occasion. Her simple bonnet had been trimmed to correspond with her sash. Her pretty but inexpensive scarf of white crepe suited her dress. When ready, she formed a picture, not bright enough to dazzle, but fair enough to interest. Not brilliantly striking, but very delicately pleasing. A picture in which sweetness of tint, purity of air, and grace of mien— atoned for the absence of rich colouring and magnificent contour. What her brown eye and clear forehead showed of her mind was in keeping with her dress and face, modest, gentle, and, though pensive, harmonious. It appeared that neither lamb nor dove need fear her, but would welcome, rather, in her look of simplicity and softness, a sympathy with their own natures, or with the natures we ascribe to them. After all, she was an imperfect, faulty human being, fair enough of form, hue and array, but, as Cyril Hall said, neither so good nor so great as the withered Miss Ainley, now putting on her best black gown and Quaker drab shawl and bonnet in her own narrow cottage chamber. Away Caroline went, across some very sequestered fields and through some quite hidden lanes to Fieldhead. She glided quickly under the green hedges and across the greener lays. There was no dust, no moisture, to soil the hem of her stainless garment, or to damp her slender sandal. After the late rains all was clean, and under the present glowing sun all was dry. She walked fearlessly, then on daisy and turf, and through thick plantations. She reached Fieldhead and penetrated to Miss Kilder's dressing-room. It was well she had come, or surely would have been too late. Instead of making ready with all speed, she lay stretched on a couch, absorbed in reading. Mrs. Pryor stood near, vainly urging her to rise and dress. Caroline wasted no words. She immediately took the book from her, and with her own hands 
commenced the business of disrobing and re-robing her. Surely, indolent with the heat, and gay with her youth and pleasurable nature, wanted to talk, laugh, and linger. But Caroline, intent on being in time, persevered in dressing her as fast as fingers could fasten strings or insert pins. At length, as she untied a final row of hooks and eyes, she found leisure to chide her, saying she was very naughty to be so unpunctual, that she looked even now the picture of incorrigible carelessness, and so surely did, but a very lovely picture of that tiresome quality. She presented quite a contrast to Caroline. There was style in every fold of her dress, and every line of her figure. The rich silk suited her better than a simpler costume. The deep embroidered scarf became her. She wore it negligently, but gracefully, the wreath on her bonnet crowned her well. The attention to fashion, the tasteful appliance of ornament in each portion of her dress, were quite in place with her. All this suited her, like the frank light in her eyes, the rallying smile about her lips, like her shaft-straight carriage and lightsome step. Caroline took her hand when she was dressed, hurried her downstairs, out of doors, and thus they sped through the fields, laughing as they went, and looking very much like a snow-white dove and gem-tinted bird of paradise joined in social flight. Thanks to Miss Hellstone's promptitude, they arrived in good time. While yet trees hid the church, they heard the bell tolling a measured but urgent summons for all to assemble. The trooping in of numbers, the trampling of many steps, and murmuring of many voices were likewise audible. From a rising ground they presently saw, on the Winbury Road, the Winbury School approaching. It numbered five hundred souls. The rector and curate, Boltby and Don, headed it, the former, looming large in full canonicals, walking as became a beneficed priest, under the canopy of a shovel-hat, with the dignity of an ample corporation, the embellishment of the squarest and vastest of black coats, and the support of the stoutest of gold-headed canes. As the doctor walked, he now and then slightly flourished his cane, and inclined his shovel-hat with a dogmatical wag toward his aide-de-camp. That aide-de-camp, Don, to wit, narrow as the line of his step was, compared to the broad bulk of his principal, contrived, notwithstanding, to look every inch a curate. All about him was pragmatical and self-complacent, from his turned-up nose and elevated chin, to his clerical black gaiters, his somewhat short, strapless trousers, and his square-toed shoes. "'Walk on, Mr. Don. You have undergone scrutiny. You think you look well. Whether the white and purple figures watching you from yonder hill think so is another question.' These figures come running down when the regiment has marched by. The churchyard is full of children and teachers, all in their very best holiday attire, and, distressed as is the district, bad as are the times, it is wonderful to see how respectably, how handsomely even, they have contrived to clothe themselves. That British love of decency will work miracles. The poverty which reduces an Irish girl to rags is impotent to rob the English girl of the neat wardrobe she knows necessary to her self-respect. Besides, the lady of the manor, that surely, now gazing with pleasure on this well-dressed and happy-looking crowd, 
has really done them good. Her seasonable bounty consoled many a poor family against the coming holiday, and supplied many a child with a new frock or bonnet for the occasion. She knows it, and is elate with a consciousness, glad that her money, example, and influence have really, substantially, benefited those around her. She cannot be charitable like Miss Ainley. It is not in her nature. It relieves her to feel that there is another way of being charitable, practicable for other characters, and under other circumstances. Caroline, too, is pleased, for she also has done good in her small way, robbed herself of more than one dress, ribbon, or collar she could ill spare, to aid in fitting out the scholars of her class, and as she could not give money, she has followed Miss Ainley's example in giving her time and her industry to sew for the children. Not only is the churchyard full, but the rectory garden is also thronged. Pairs and parties of ladies and gentlemen are seen walking amongst the waving lilacs and laburnums. The house also is occupied. At the wide-open parlor windows, gay groups are standing. These are the patrons and teachers, who are to swell the procession. In the Parson's Croft, behind the rectory, are the musicians of the three parish bands, with their instruments. Fanny and Eliza, in the smartest of caps and gowns, and the whitest of aprons, move amongst them, serving out quarts of ale, whereof a stock was brewed very sound and strong some weeks since, by the rector's orders, and under his special superintendence. Whatever he had a hand in, must be managed handsomely. Shabby doings, of any description, were not endured under his sanction. From the erection of a public building, a church, school, or courthouse, to the cooking of a dinner, he still advocated the lordly, liberal, and effective. Miss Kilder was like him in this respect, and they mutually approved each other's arrangements. Caroline and Shirley were soon in the midst of the company. The former met them very easily for her, instead of sitting down in a retired corner, or stealing away to her own room till the procession should be marshalled, according to her want, she moved through the three parlours, conversed and smiled, absolutely spoke once or twice ere she was spoken to, and, in short, seemed a new creature. It was Shirley's presence which thus transformed her. The view of Miss Kilder's air and manner did her a world of good. Shirley had no fear of her kind, no tendency to shrink from, to avoid it. All human beings, men, women, or children, whom low breeding or coarse presumption... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.